When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Did you know that driving under the influence of marijuana is illegal? Driving high will get you a DUI. And if you're wondering if law enforcement can tell you're driving high, well, everyone else can. Friends? I can tell you drove high. Parents? I can tell when you drive high. Relatives? I can tell. You drove here high, didn't you? So what makes you think law enforcement can't? I can tell. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. Paid for by NHTSA. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today's guest, I have Coach Travis Robinson. Um, I have never met Coach. We've played Madden against each other. I want to say we were tied, but I cannot remember for the life of me. Uh, that was way back when, and then I had enough of getting my butt kicked, so I stopped playing. <laughs> um, so Coach, if you want to introduce yourself to the eight or nine listeners that I have, I think. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, yeah, um, like Coach said, my name is Travis Robinson. Uh, I live down in San Antonio. I was born and raised in San Antonio. Uh, I played high school uh, – well, I played middle school football here. I moved up to Colorado Springs around my eighth grade year. Uh, from my freshman year, junior year, I played high school football up in Colorado Springs um, and then moved back down, finished my senior year of high school here, finished high school ball here. Um, Took about a gap year and then immediately started getting into coaching uh, right away. Coached at a small uh, Christian school, Castle Hills, for a while. Um, the coach, he, he was originally from Alabama. He, he moved back to Alabama about two years ago. And so I took that opportunity. And the next following year, uh, I got the opportunity to take a job at D3 University, uh, Trinity University here in San Antonio. So I have the, uh, the chance now to say that I've coached high school and college ball. Uh, it's been, you know, a great opportunity. Uh, this year uh, was a wild ride for me. I'm sure it's a wild ride for everyone because of COVID. Um, I was I got a good buddy of mine uh, by the name of Tyler Campbell. He just finished coaching last year. He or I should say in the spring, he was coaching for uh, the Dallas Renegades of uh, the XFL under you know Hal Mummy. Um, I'm sure everyone knows about. And he was on that staff, and then he got hired in Indiana. Uh, to take over a high school program, very small town. And he very much wanted to bring me up there as, an, as his OC, 
was all down to do it. And then Corona hit and a bunch of complications happened. So I got, uh, I shouldn't say stuck here, but I got stuck in San Antonio. So currently right now, um, what you call a free agent coach, but, um, you know, effectively like COVID, like probably everyone else is just, uh, adjusting with the punches, um, and going from there. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Uh, one of the questions we'll get to COVID later, but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's been a wild ride. We'll get to that here in a second. Um, I asked the same first question to every coach. That's how mm-hmm. stupid simple I am. I keep it the same. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always curious how people get into coaching because it's mm-hmm. every answer is different. Um, I had Coach Hines on last night, and we were talking about it. And like me, I knew I wanted to do it since I was 15, 16 years old. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I knew. That's what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did you get into it? Was it from playing? Was it from a coach, a uh, mentor, or – were you just bored and said, I'm going to go coach? I don't know. Um, it's kind of funny the way it happened because when I was in Colorado, it's kind of when it hit me. Um, my dad just very dr- drove me to play football. That's pretty much all I was allowed to play was football. And so that's all I was stuck on. Um, and so for a while, I didn't know really what I was going to do. And I think, like you said, it was around the same age probably for me, probably, probably 15, 16, somewhere in my young high school age. Um, and I just, I don't know what happened, but like, I, I started getting on, like seeing these videos on YouTube about like the wing T offense is the first thing I ever learned when I was young. And so like I saw wing T stuff and like, I just, I don't know why, but I just fell in love with like the X's and O's of it. And so it started studying more and more and more. So like the X's and O's would fully dove me into it. And then of course, once I fully started seeing like the full, the fullness of coaching and things like that is when I truly fell in love with, you know, helping young men and succeed and things like that outside of football. And that, that made me just love it even more. Um, but it was really just, honestly, it was just diving into YouTube stuff and just seeing all like all these different offenses. It just amazed me. And I thought it was the coolest thing and made me fall in love with football even more. Yeah. That, that wing T stuff is curse words around here. We don't need to talk. about that. <laughs> it's, uh, uh, I know it's hard to defend, man. <laughs> No, I've had some coaches on this podcast, and I'm always on uh, Coach Sheffer's armchair coaching podcast, and they're, mm-hmm. they're, they love their pistol wing tees and stuff. I'm the guy that's been running the spread for a couple of years. I've been a part of the spread, so they pick on me. Uh, you know, uh, So wing tee is a curse word on this podcast. We don't talk about it. Uh, <laughs> um, so you need to correct me if I'm wrong. Um, at one point, I think you talked with Coach Mackey or somebody like with eight-man football. Mm-hmm. Um, can you explain to me eight-man football? I try <laughs> to – Coach Allball put stuff up on Chief Pigskin about it. Mm-hmm. And he coached it. I know Coach Allball pretty well, and he's coached in it. Can you explain – like, not to sound like a jerk or anything, how do you get an 11-man offense into an eight-man <laughs> football offense? Not to be – like, it intrigues yeah, me because yeah. – like if you're if you like the air raid or something and you look at Mike Leach's stuff, how do you get that into an eight man football or, or whatever it is? Like that is yeah. tough. I, I don't know if I could do it. I don't know mm. if I could coach eight man football. So you're gonna love this even more. Interesting fact is in Texas we have eleven man football and we have six man football. <laughs> and it is it is fully it is fully tackled and everything like that, because the only reason I say that is because that's everyone's first question, believe it or not. Um um, but the, really the difference, and believe me, it was an adjustment, um, but I coached six-man for three years, and that was at that small private school I mentioned. 
And then I just, I just recently dove back into 11 man the last couple of years. And really the, the adjustment with it is it's funny because the thing with six man, it, it's, it's rules are honestly, I, I wouldn't say so different, but it would probably blow a regular 11 man coach's mind. Um, some of the rules go as like uh, the field is 80 yards long, 40 yards wide. You got to get 15 yards to get a first down. Uh, there has to be what's called an illegal exchange before the ball is advanced. So that means if the ball snaps to the quarterback, the quarterback cannot just take it and run. Uh, that means that he has to either do a forward pass or you have to pitch it to someone. And then that, that person can be able to pass or run or whatever the case is. So, uh, or handoffs and things like that. So like no quarterback sneaks, you, we, you know, you can't really do option stuff and six man. It, it's, it's a wild ride. It's a, um, it, it, it's definitely crazy how high scoring it is um, because just regular games, like if there was a game in the thirties, that was low scoring to coaches. It's, it just, it blew my mind as that experience. Um, but to answer your question about the offensive stuff, um, what's funny is we were running, you know, a, the six man lingo of it was called a Jaybird formation. And that like the best way to compare that formation to 11 man was like, it was like double wing basically. And Castle Hills, you know, the coach who was there, Coach Amplasky, he was running that stuff for, man, six, seven years before I got there. And here comes this crazy young gun coach who comes in and is really like spread, really likes air raid. Um, you know, been a, bit, um, been a big Mike Leach guy for years. And so we, you know, we run the Jaber the first year I'm there. And then, you know, the second year I come in, we come with this huge problem where, you know, we don't have the, the beef o -line, for the O-line up front. We got all these receivers. We got this really lanky quarterback, you know. Uh, so I introduce, you know, what we called the Air Six. You know, we had a coach um, from – he coaches at uh, Bastrop, Bastrop High School now, Coach John Bronkhorst. He, went, he, he introduced his stuff because he was in the six-man at the time. Now he's back in the 11-man just like me. And – we just – we took concepts. I mean, we took stick, snag. I mean, we made uh, versions of shallow. We took a version of mesh. Um, we had another version called cross where the center is actually edgeable in six man. So we had a version of, uh, where the center would run a corner route out, out of mesh. I mean, I took all kinds of stuff, and we just invented this – off. Uh, me and Coach Amplasky, we invented this offense together. And it went for about two years, and then that's when, I, that's when Coach Amplasky and myself left the school. Um, it, it was pretty fun. You know, we had some really tall receivers and, you know, we just, we went to town with it. And um, you just, when it comes to six man, I can truly say that that really tests your creativity. <laughs> like you really have to think outside the box when you, you're doing anything related to that. I was going to say, uh, you have to really think to do that because a lot of it's easy because it's the norm to do six man or eight man. You really have to think. You do. And that's probably why I don't do it. Because I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, no, go ahead. No, no, I was, I, all I was going to say is that um, it was, you know, for about three, four years, that, that became the norm for me. You know, I just got used to it. And you just, you know, it, it honestly, if an 11-man coach jumps into it, it I, I've seen schools, you know, we have schools all the time in Texas that drop from 2A to 1A. And 1A for public UIL schools here, public schools is, you know, six man. So they dropped a one a and they were 11 man and they just, you know, they're not used to it. So an 11 man coach stays on. And sometimes you see them take about two or three years just to adjust to it. And then they become a solid program because just that coach, just he's trying to like shove a, like 11 man stuff into it. And it's just, 
it can become difficult. And, um, but if, you know, I've seen schools also that hire a six man coach, you know, and immediately like they're, they're good because you just got to have that coach who's just has the knowledge of six man. It, it, it's pretty wild. Just the, the big difference in gap there is. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't do it. That's it. It's, uh, I feel like a six-man coach would adapt better to an 11-man because they're like, oh, I have more to play with. Like, I have more mm-hmm. I, could, I could do. When you take 11-man down there, they're like, I just lost mm-hmm. almost half of what I was used to doing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, uh, no thanks. You guys can keep that. <laughs> uh, but it's funny, a school up here, uh, they went down to eight-man in Illinois. Illinois started to get a few eight-mans, and they just won the state title. They were in it for two years and won the state title. And that's the first state title in school history, just because it was eight man. But it's saving oh, wow. football. It's saving yeah. football. There's a lot of schools in Illinois that lost numbers. Mm-hmm. I want to say there's like twelve teams now that are eight man here, mm-hmm. or something. Um, so can you just describe to me what football in Texas is like? I dream about <laughs> it. High school football. Uh, Illinois uh, is Illinois, and mm-hmm. can you just paint me a picture of what Texas football is like in high school. Yeah. Um, it, it's when people say football is a religion, it, it really is a religion, man. Like, I mean, it's, it's the best way to put it. Um, the thing that will truly blow people's minds is the small towns and the individual towns that truly, truly love it. I mean, you just, it blows your mind the stadiums you see. Um, you know, we, we had a game a couple of years ago when I was still at Castle Hills. Um, I was longer than that, but we we went through Kerrville, and now people may know of Kerrville Ivy. That's where Johnny Menzel played high school football. Um, and we we stopped at a restaurant, and right across the the uh, restaurant was the Kerrville Ivy Stadium. They were still playing, and that that stadium. I mean, I couldn't give you an estimate, but that stadium must have sat fifty, sixty thousand people, and they had like this huge jumbotron that you would see at D one universities. Like I kid you not. Um, a lot of people know about Allen High School and Allen High School stadiums like this. The money they invest in football here is ridiculous. Um, it's just it's such a big deal. Like the playoffs, ever, like we have, I believe we have six classifications. You know, one A, six man, and then two A, three A, four A, five A, six A, and then each classification itself has two divisions for the playoffs, and each division has like sixty four teams for each playoff. And I mean, it's insane because it's one hundred and twenty eight teams going to the playoffs from each classification. And every state championship game, 1A, even six-man, 1A, 2A, 3A, 4A, 5A, 6A, they all play at a Cowboys stadium, uh, you know, ATC stadium in Arlington. So it's, it's the coolest experience, you know, if you get to make it there. Uh, but, I mean, they just – they don't mess around with it. And it's – you know, I've lived here, so, I mean, I'm sure someone could explain it better than me because I've just – I've lived here all my life. But I can tell you this, from jumping from Texas – to Colorado football, what I lived in Colorado for about four years, it's humongous difference. Like, it's just the style of football. Like, you know, you know, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but when I was playing, I would just run over people with a different kind of grit, you know, because Texas just has that different kind of – Texas players, I don't, I'm not going to say, like, other states don't have that, but it's, I, don't, I don't know what it is about Texas that they just teach you to just be so tough until you, like, you can't no more. <laughs> It's it's a whole nother – I guess it's a southern thing. I don't know, man. <laughs> but it's a, it's a whole nother animal. I'll say that for the least. Yeah, uh, that's a place I want to move. I had a buddy. He was a GA for Eastern Illinois where we went to school. Mm-hmm. And he was a GA at Northern Iowa. And then he was a GA at UTEP. 
and he got tired of college football, so now he lives down there. I don't know where in Texas. And he mm-hmm. started coaching, and now they're at a middle school. And he's like, the pay's better. The stuff we have at the middle school is better than Illinois high schools. <laughs> and then the high school mm-hmm. they filter in. I think he's around Dallas, and the fil- they filter into is just mm-hmm. – because uh, we went to Eastern Illinois, and he goes, our stadium in Eastern Illinois is a baby compared to what high school has. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I always – I'm like, ah, oh, i got to go down there and coach one day. Um, yeah, you dabbled in college coaching. What mm-hmm. was that? What was that like for you to go do that instead of high school? It was so you know the position itself was was very small, but it was quite the learning opportunity for me. Um, the head coach at Trinity University, Jeremy Urban, he, such a good dude. Open arms was always. Uh, open to me sitting in meetings learning stuff they mainly what's funny is they mainly wanted me uh as to learn from the defense and what's funny is the reason they wanted me to do that was because I was I had always been a receivers coach uh, I'd always done offensive things and they're like look you've done all this I was like you want to be a successful coach it's like we need to put you on the defense side of the ball being the reason for that is like uh, they asked me is like right, do you think you'll ever change as an offensive minded coach I was like probably not I love offense so they said, well, you need to be on defense for at least a couple years – or, well, not a couple years, but he said like, like a season or two just because you need to see how defense coaches think. He said, if you see that, the best offensive coach, you know, knows defense maybe more than he would know offense, you know, uh, you know something around those words. So it, it was such a cool experience because, you know, I, I studied stuff and I learned stuff that just, you know, I never really thought I would, I would know and just – you know, Coach Urban, he was, you know, an offensive guy. You know, he uh, he helped call the offense. He would go into defensive meetings when we're watching film, and he would draw. He's like, I want to do this, this, and this. How would you stop this? Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. You know, and then the defense coach would say defense is like, well, we would, sh- you know, maybe shift to this motion, roll down, you know, roll down the same or the nickel or, you know, maybe rotate our safeties or, you know, we, we may uh, bluff out of a coverage or something, you know, something like that. And I, it would just blow my mind because it was like as an offensive coach, I'm like, oh, I can do this, this and this. And like they don't have an answer. And I mean, defensive coaches, man, like you think you got to be creative as an offensive coach. Defense coaches have a jigsaw puzzle on the other side of the ball. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. and um, the DC's favorite. He probably said it like four or five times a day. He's like, "Man, I hate offense." <laughs> and always cracks me up. He's like, "Man, I hate offense." And I, I mean, I got why because defense coaches have to like, they really have to just adjust to whatever offense throws on the board because offenses can be so creative now. Like there, there's so many wild things. 
Like, can you imagine what DCs, like what they were dealing with when RPOs got invented? Oh my God, I, I could not be a DC man. Like, it's just the, the different things you have to see. It, it, at me as an offensive-minded coach, it, it really, really struck me on, you know, the different things that you really have to think about where it's like, if you're talking about drawing up a play, like, okay, so I have inside zone. Okay, so I need to draw up about the 20 different things the defense can do to stop that. And then what are my answers to it? You know, and you can't get too fancy with it. You just still got to keep it simple and you still got to have tags, variations, you know, do tons of window dressing, you know, do different things. But you also have to think like once you create a, that one play, sit down for 30 minutes to an hour and just draw up what you would do to stop your own play. And I mean, that was the biggest thing I took from, you know, um, working there the, the, the year I did. Um, it, just being on the side and the whole atmosphere is just so different. I mean, their athletic facilities are beautiful. Um, you know, even for a D3 school, you know, they had just put in a whole new turf field. Like it was just, it was just the coolest opportunity just to be on the sidelines and I would script defensive plays, you know, I would help signal in plays and stuff like that. Like it was, it was the coolest thing, you know? Um, so I, I, I loved it. Um, it was, I don't know, just a great opportunity. Yeah. I, uh, I had a similar experience, but it was high school. I was coached offense for three or four years. Went to a new school for the head coach. Yeah, he's like, what do you want to coach? I said, offensive line. I want to be offense. He said, okay. Next day, he goes, I want to bring you on. You're going to coach linebackers, call the JV defense, and assist the varsity defense coordinator, and you're going to learn defense. <laughs> and I was like, okay. We, yeah. ran a, we ran a 3-4. I had to learn that. Uh, I did that. And then I understand offense way better now because of that. Mm -hmm. Or, like, I'm better because I understand defense is better. Um, but I can never be a defensive coordinator. Uh, I had a defense coordinator on here the other day, and I said, Do you, have you lost your hair yet? And he goes, no, I still got it. And I said, I'm going <laughs> to my hair. I would never yeah. sleep. Uh, I love offense more than defense. Just, I don't know. Defense, I would lose sleep. Uh, so... What's your favorite offensive system? I think I know, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Mm -hmm. Like if you had, if you became an offense coordinator or like when you were going to go be the offense coordinator in Indiana, which I'm sorry for you going to Indiana, but <laughs> what would you, what would be your ideal offense to run? Um, so this is, you know, this is kind of an interesting story for me to share um, just because it, it's honestly, it's really, um, this off season, it's really like I've had the chance to kind of wake myself up in a sense. And I'll explain what I mean by that here in a sec. But when we, me and, so me and Tyler Campbell, what we were going to do and what he's still kind of doing a version of now in Indiana is we created the system where it was going to be, had air raid roots, but he's running, I'm, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, but he's running the Baylor wide splits. And we created a system to kind of do that. And he's still doing it. Um, it, it, I mean, I believe they're two and two, three and two right now. And, you know, so halfway through the season, he, he's, he's being pretty successful with it. So it was, it was, you know, he's having fun with it. Um, you know, we created that together and, um, but that's what we were going to do. Um, so my system, my favorite offensive system though, I should say is really, I don't know when it started, but I really felt fell in love with Mike Leach and the stuff he was doing. So that, that was kind of one of my, always my favorite things, but I knew that I, I wouldn't know. 
how to say it, but like I knew that I didn't know if I wanted to pass the ball that much, I guess I should say. But if I wanted to, if I ever got to the school where I needed to do that, I would do it exactly like Mike Leach because that's just what I knew. And I, to me, that was just the, the purest way to pass the ball, the, the easiest reads, the easiest way to teach it. Um, and then from there, what kind of like when I figured out that I was going to stay here, I really started studying things. And one offense that I always really had my eye on was empty five wide stuff. So uh, team up in Kitten, Ohio, who started it, you know, I, I really fell in love with their stuff. And so that's when kind of like I started getting that for months and months and months. But like, here's where the issue struck is I love the way it looked. I love the way that it was different because I'm sure there's tons of coaches out there that love being different because you got to like, you got to have your own identity as a coach, you know, but I wanted to take it to extreme, of course, being five wide all the time. And I ran into the issue to where for months and months over and over again, I was so in love and so infatuated with this that I was trying to fit past concepts into it. I was trying to find stuff to fit into it. And what I mean by that is I was trying to find stuff to just squeeze in to this five wide that I wanted to do. And I was trying to figure out ways to make it work and not complicated and like whichever coach should. But I also was going off of just a formation that I wanted to do and then like fit concepts that I was unfamiliar with, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It was it. So like, I know a lot of coaches probably know me for that, but I kind of, I kind of kept quiet for a while and I put, put my head down and just studied stuff because I was realizing that I was just, I wasn't being a good offensive coach because like everything that I was learning in college was or at the Trinity was just, you know, going down the drain. I wasn't, you know, was being smart with, you know, the way I was thinking. Um, and it's, you know, I, I knew that it had to be simple, whichever coach should, but it wasn't the right approach. So what I started doing was I kind of broke it down to what I think every coach should break it down to is what plays or what collection of plays do you know best or your favorite and do you want to base your offense on? So I, I studied tons of film like tons of film. I knew for a fact that like I wanted to be in the gun. I knew I wanted some kind of spread, but like I didn't know like if I wanted to be base 10, 11, you know, what I, I exactly wanted that to be. One play that I knew that I was loved was inside zone just because of how you know, inside zone is just so easy to teach. It goes against different fronts. There's many different tags off of it. So like inside, inside zone was one play that I truly fell in love with. And so that's when the dominoes started falling in place, right? is because, like, I knew that I could be in gun, I can run inside zone, and then other things start to fall off of it, right? So, you know, it's answer, I'm, I know I'm kind of answering the question kind of in a complicated way, but um, really it, it's I, – I just say this just, you know, for any other coaches who do listen to this, you know, it's – to me it's, like, really important when you design something. You can still have a philosophy, you know, be, and you can adjust to the personnel you get because you may get some personnel that may not want to do everything you want to do, but you can still run your philosophy. You just got to tweak it, you know, but when you want to design something, when you want to have a favorite philosophy, you know, it's to me, don't think of something like, Oh, I like that. And just try to shove stuff into it because that was my problem for like this whole off season was just, or I should say the spring and summer was just like trying to stuff stuff into it. And it was these, you know, last, you know, couple months that I really had the revelation that, hey, Travis, you, you need to wake, wake the heck up and realize that, you know, 
you got to create a system, not just, oh, hey, I like that. You're basically just being a couch potato at that point with like a clipboard in your hand, you know? So it, all this, so what, trying to gather my thoughts here. Um, when all this stuff kind of started coming together, it was, you know, inside zone. And then I knew the different answers I could have against different fronts, you know, what are they going to react to this? You know, and then you start creating stuff of like, okay, I like doing this. And me personally, I like doing this out of different formations. I like doing this out of different looks. And then, you know, um, you do that because you can have a handful of runs. If you want, you can run inside zone, outside zone. You can run um, counter, you know, have a gap scheme, you know, three, four runs, and then just window dress that sucker, have tags, have variations of it. And then you're still not being complicated, but you look complicated at a defense. But you're also still staying to your true self and still creating a system. And then you can have different things off of it. Like, what are you doing to control the backside apex defender? Well, we're going to run a slant RPO off of that. All right, cool. Now I have an answer, but that's also just an easy tag to add on, probably like a one-word tag. It's not complicated. You fit all of those pieces into place. So for me, it was just getting that stuff together, and then I, I created the, just this big, you know, you know, like you did, um, like everyone did, you know, in elementary school when you do those family trees. I created this offensive tree for myself and just broke stuff down. It's like, okay, I know this is probably my top play or these collection of plays. Okay, what I'm going to do about formations and then motions and then, you know, um, I got to make sure not to overdo it myself. And what I mean by that is um, one thing that I learned, and I'm sure a lot of coaches know this, is so in high school there was this coach who did the route tree for our passing game. Okay, and then, like, when I got older, I was like, oh, the route tree is cool because the route tree is simple because, like, oh, I can just do any combination and it's just, like, easy, right? Because, you know, I can basically do over a 1,000 combinations. You know, well, what you learn as a coach is that that's the stupidest thing on earth because, well, yes, it's easy for an individual receiver to remember that. Like, oh, go run 896 post or something. But then you create so complicated because your quarterback, you know, can't remember every progression for that. But the biggest thing to me off, you know, this route tree philosophy I'm talking about is you as a coach, you make this unlimited table for yourself to where you're just doing a thousand things and you're not limiting yourself and you have to limit yourself because you need to know how to keep it simple for your kids, how to keep it simple for your quarterback. And then just, if you can just create a collection of past concepts that go against I would say probably say every defensive coverage with tags and stuff, you're, you're make you're making it simple for yourself as well, you know? And so it's the same thing with formations and things like that. Um, you can still be multiple, but you can't do, um, you can't create this system where, you know, it's unlimited for yourself. Um, I'm ranting, but <laughs> basically <laughs> no. um, that, that's just that. I just like sharing that just because it's, you know, it, it took a while for me to just wake up because I feel like some coaches will, you know, I think there's some point where we all get caught in that, that swirl of, I want to do this. And we, we just get caught up in it. And, you know, you, it's like, you know, you would see that Baylor offense back in the day with our brows and be like, Oh, I want to do that. We're like, okay, but we all don't have four two forty receivers, you know, mm -hmm. uh, that we just throw bombs to. It's like, everyone would love to do that. But you just – you have to be realistic with yourself, and that's um, that's kind of the realization I came to. I still love empty. Empty is probably my favorite uh, formation uh, for, you know, passing strength, passing-wise. Um, but, you know, you have to know exactly 
what what you can do to build a system. And I, I kind of discovered that with, uh, on my own. Um, but yeah. Yeah, guys out there listening, when you play him in Madden, it's going to be five wide, no huddle. <laughs> and the only way you can win is if you have the 49ers are run outside zone the entire mm-hmm. time. <laughs> Maybe not now because they have all these injuries, but that's how I, that's how I stayed in the game for that. Um, uh, well, you kind of answered one of my questions. One of my questions for you was um, to sell people on the spread because I've had wing T guys say, sell me on the wing T and they never have, mm-hmm. but you kind of answered that with the spread. Um, I'll talk a little bit now. I'm kind of the same way. Um, I was an offensive coordinator for a couple of years, but I was, I'm not going to get too in depth. It was a bad time. I was like a handcuffed offensive coordinator, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess you. And our con, our concepts, they weren't plays. Like I don't know if you want to call them concepts. Like when I hear concepts, I think like, oh, you're going to call it mesh. You're going to call it this. You're going to call it that. Mm-hmm. We did where, let's say, I want to call hitch slant. Well, like reading a book from left to right, I could sign. If we were in our two by two, like if you're picturing ace, like Mike Leach, if I yeah. called if I called hitch slant, well two receivers on the left are running hitches, the other ones are running slants. And then we just have these different concepts. We call them button, gator, and all this and that, which is all mm-hmm. great because you had the ability to say, well, now I want to run slants on the left side and then maybe run this other one on the right side. It gave you that freedom to do whatever. But those kids had to know every single route. Mm-hmm. And it was nice because you had to have them be responsible but at the same time, they're high school kids. They were also playing defense. Like my wide receivers had to play defense, too. So you're asking these kids. We had 15 concepts, I think, at one point. Like, they had to know. Yeah. Now, you know, one of them was smash. So, like, oh, you already know how to run a hitch. But it's like, in that moment, are they going to remember, oh, I have this. And then once you get them to trips, are they going to remember because it all changes? Like, you know, uh so we got really, really complicated. And I was told to have 50 formations, literally sit down and write out 50 formations. Mm-hmm. And I, and at the time we were going to have 50 formations, like two run plays, a couple passing plays. And then we got to the point where it was, I got told 50 formations. I had to have inside zone, outside zone, power, power read, counter, GT counter, and trap. Then I had to have, you know, the, the, the all this stuff. And when I was in, it was in Charleston where Eastern Illinois is, that's when Dino Babers was there. And all the rage was that Baylor offense snapped the ball in yeah. 12 seconds. And I mm-hmm. said, and I said, I am just going to call plays and call plays at that point. There's going to be like no game planning. It's going to be call this or call that. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I came to the realization after I was all, I'm not an OC anymore. I'm the run game coordinator at a different high school now. But I came to the realization that, um, the spread will always be for me just because I've been around it. I feel like you're always in the game. If you're in the spread, you have that opportunity. Besides, unless you're Navy. I know Navy came back the other night. That's, mm-hmm. that's, your, one, that's your one. I took a lot of heat for that, you know, because I said this for a long time where the wing T guys cannot come. I feel like if you're down 20, 30 points in the wing T, you can't come back or it's harder to come back. Mm. Um, in the spread, you have the opportunity to come back. Um See, now I'm going to ramble here, but it's my show, so I'm going to ramble. Um, <laughs> so I – and you can just, you can tell me if I'm right or wrong. I will always – if I'm an offense coordinator again, I will start to install it kind of like a Mike Leach system just because mm-hmm. his terminology for formations are simple. Those are your basic formations. 
basic pass plays are easy for the quarterback. You know, and each pass play only needs one tag, and it looks completely different to the defense once you do that. Mm-hmm. But then you have the ability, in my mind, if, if I come in, oh, we have a hand down tight end. Well, if you call ace, you could just call. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ace right tight or something or something like that, where it's just bringing that, you know, tight end down. Yeah. Well, you, can still, you can still do everything. Now you can run the ball. Like, don't be stupid about it. Because I'm kind of like you. I love Mike Leach. I love the air raid. It's so simple. But I don't think I could ever pass the ball 80 times. Mm-hmm. I got a quick story. When I was OC one time, uh, I called plays, and I could tag RPOs on anything. So if I called inside zone, I could go inside zone slant. And it's the same read for the quarterback. We could just see that slant if it's an RPO or whatever, mm-hmm. or a snag or whatever. After the game, the newspaper guy came up to me because I knew who he was, and he said, hey, off the record, why are you calling so many pass plays? And, and after a game, it's all a blur, and it has to come back to you. And mm. I'm like, what, what do you mean? He goes, well, you called like 42 pass plays. And I said, no, I didn't. <laughs> well, by God, there was 42 pass plays. Yeah. But 10 or 11 of those were RPOs, and we threw it. Mm-hmm. So – I started to realize, like, oh, my gosh, I cannot do that. I could not call that many pass plays. I don't know how you do it. I'm an old offensive lineman, so I want to run the ball, but mm-hmm. I want to do it out of spread. Uh, mm-hmm. So you kind of answered one of my questions of sell me on spread. You already sold me on it. Um, we're going to do the same thing at this new school I'm at. We're going to be uh, power. Power is going to be our number one yeah. there you go. thing. The school I was mm-hmm. just at, the school I just came from, we ran power read. That was our bread and butter. If it was third and four, power read. Yeah, it was, it was coming. You couldn't stop it. Uh, so I guess you could try to sell me on five wide. You ran mad <laughs> and it took me mm-hmm. off guard. So if somebody doesn't have uh, five wide or empty or whatever you want to call it, sell me on that. Like, why should people implement something like that or think about doing it? Mm-hmm. One of the one of the biggest reasons why I considered it for a while was it. There's ways there's ways to keep it simple. Um, you know, I could go on a pro con list. You know, I got, I got away from it personally because like I, I got into running the ball a lot more, getting a gun and just pounding the ball. Like I, I fell in love with that. Um, and I know that's like, you know, complete opposites, but the one, the main reason why I got into it for so long was just because five vertical threats is just, it's so threatening. It, it's honestly, to me, it's, when I watch, you know, when I watch defenses drop into pass coverages and things like that, you know, you put, you know, you, you could probably have, you know, most most coaches nowadays have four vertical threats and then a the guy in the backfield or, you know, sometimes it's only three vertical threats. You know, as I, at the start, you know, I'm talking about like before the ball is snapped, you know, those guys are at the line of scrimmage and they can, you know, go on a route right away. You know, so the, the biggest thing for me is when you're in five wide, when you're in empty, you know, you have those five guys split out and to me, like, I've talked a lot to defensive coaches, you know, and that's one thing I did when, you know, I was studying empty a lot is it just, you know, they do hate it because it just does put them in such an uncomfortable position, you know. 
uh, some coaches will, you know, some defense coaches will have coverages playing out. Like, okay, we'll do this two by two, three by one. I was sitting in a, you know, a chalk war, and you know, after after it was over, this guy was drawing up his coverages against certain looks. And I was like, okay, coach, what do you do about empty? He's like, well, shit. He's like, we got to go to check. Like, we can't run our normal cover six or whatnot, or you know, whatever he's talking about. And so it's just, you know, for me, it was, you know, it's just coaches, you know, it. it puts them in an uncomfortable position. Now, from a lot of the guys that I talk, you know, uh, there's a couple of schools that I know that actually go five wide all the time. Um, and, you know, from what I, you know, they've told me, you know, I mean, they, they get like eight dropping, sometimes nine dropping, you know, it's insane because they're in five wide all the time, but they still throw for, you know, thousands of yards, you know, and they find holes in defenses. You know, so it's just – honestly, it's just such a fun-on-the-fly offense and the fact that it's just so out of whack. Um, you know, the biggest thing, you know, to me, just the biggest selling point is, you know, and that's why I, I would – you know, I, I'm trying to study now and trying to get a number down. But for me, like, you know, when, I, when I'm calling plays, my big thing I think is, you know, I would love to try to run empty probably between – I'd probably say six, seven times a game if I can. Now, whether that's – you know, just lining up an empty and then motioning uh, the back back into the backfield or whatever it is, I would like to get into like an empty formation, you know, six, seven times a game and just see how the defense reacts. And then by the time you hit that, you know, fourth quarter, if they, if they haven't reacted to it the right way, you can get into it more and more and more. And, you know, I just think there's a lot you can do off of it because when a defense sees five vertical threats, they react so differently because you got five fast uh, possible receivers on, you know, probably, you know, linebackers, you know, uh, that aren't used to seeing it. Um, so to me, it's, it's, it's definitely a deadly formation. And that, I mean, um, <laughs> I'd probably have to pull up some old notes to convince you more, but uh, that, that to me what is probably the biggest selling point and why I'll, I like to implement it at least. Uh, but yeah. We have to do another show and you can just talk about it the whole time. We'll be on here for two hours and it's great. <laughs> um, uh, no, a team I was on in 2018, we went 10 and one that year. We only had three formations, two by two trips and empty. Now we would, what's really is if you don't run empty until like the third game and you motion mm -hmm. your back into the, to empty, mm -hmm. they don't know what to do. They're just like, mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, they just motioned out or, you know, whatever. And we had a running quarterback. So it was great. If they freaked out and moved out, uh, we ran inside zone or trap the quarterback mm -hmm. trapper zone. And sometimes we took it to the house because they, they mm -hmm. don't know what to, they don't know what to do. And so then the next time you do it, they've kind of adjusted. Well, now you've got your pass play that you can do because they're so worried about the run. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you have the guys to do it, I think like you said, maybe seven times a game, get into mm -hmm. it or even motion into it or just line up in it. Yeah. And then motion the guy into the backfield real quick and then maybe motion to the other side or something. And then they're like, wait, what, what are you doing? Or, or something what was great was we'd motion a guy then we'd run like a jailbreak screen mm -hmm. and they went because they're freaking out and, or like our quarterback's running they're gonna pack the box not worry well then we run a jail, jailhouse screen or whatever and we're gone yeah uh you don't have to convince me very much i just know i'm mad and you were kicking my butt at it so <laughs> i haven't gotten the new, i haven't gotten the new bad yet so i don't know how it works okay I've uh, I've dabbled with it a little bit. It's okay. I got frustrated about it after two weeks, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna keep watching the film." <laughs> That's what I'm bad at. <laughs> um, 
So do you still run your YouTube channel? Because I know you had a YouTube channel at one point. Mm -hmm. uh, do you still run it? How'd you come up with that? Uh, I thought about trying to do something like that, but I just can't. Mm. It's hard to start. Like stuff like yeah. this is hard to do. Mm -hmm. um, the the whole YouTube channel thing, uh, it was funny because um, everyone loved the name of it. You know, the, the football nerd. Um, it's funny because I was, when I was in, uh, I believe I was still in high school. I was I was sitting in a friend's house, and I, I was just um, and I was studying film, you know. And that, that's weird to see at that age, you know. And he's like, "Why aren't you playing video games or something?" And I was like, "Well, this is interesting. I want to study this game and blah blah blah." And he said, "Oh, you're a nerd." I was like, "What do you mean I'm not a nerd?" He's like, "No, you're a football nerd." And that's kind of where that came from. Um, and so that that you what I wouldn't do with that channel I kind of messed with a bunch of different things when I started off but what I really started to find with that was you know uh, not a ton of coaches were breaking down like college film and thing like, things like that so I, I just sat down and like I love to do like little uh, clinic talks and things like that just sit down for like an hour and just talk about this team's offense and things like that and sometimes I'd ramble and stuff like that but I didn't care like I just I was sitting down talking football you know um, and that I think that channel's grown to over Man, I can't remember. I haven't checked in a while. Um, I would probably say over 3K subscribers, maybe more. Um, but I also haven't done it in, I think it's been a year and a half, two years. And the reason for that being is it, it's really a simple answer. Um, the laptop I was doing off of, like, just fried one night. Um, and then I, I just simply haven't just haven't got one since. Um, just haven't been able to. Uh, and so... I just haven't been able to do uh, the videos and stuff like that. It's soon enough, I plan to relaunch it and I want to do like, I, I want to try to rebrand and things like that. Cause I want to bring it back because I know a lot of coaches love the channel, uh, which I really appreciated. I didn't think I was doing a lot, anything special. Um, but you know, I, I do want to bring it back at some point because it's just, it's amazing the things you can find in film and the teaching points where you can just fine tune outside zone or fine tune power just by watching these bigger programs. And that's what I was just trying to bring to the table. Um, but you know, if anyone doesn't want to come back and watch those old videos, it's the football nerd. And, um, I, I still got a bunch of old videos up there, even though I haven't made anything in a while. Um, you know, I, I still, um, check it every now and then. And if anyone has, has comments or questions, they're more than welcome to shoot them on that channel. Yeah, it's a good channel. Sometimes I go back and try to find something like if I'm thinking like, okay, let's see if it's on here. Mm -hmm. yeah, so it's a good channel. Um, uh, so I have to get into how are you finding all this 2022 film? <laughs> I, I just um, got my I just got my hands on some like I think in July, but it wasn't a lot. I think I got like 20 some teams on there, but like I see people have all the stuff, and you don't have to give away secrets to get in trouble. I don't want anybody to get in trouble. Uh, but I'm like, how do I get my hands on it without going broke? Yeah, um, <laughs> it's. It's funny that that's kind of like, you know, the coaches who know me, that's kind of like a secret they know about me is that, like, I got this deep library of film and playbooks. <laughs> um, and it's just, you know, the, the simple thing I say is just, like, I, I'm just blessed to have coaches who are willing to trade with me. And they some coaches just give me stuff because they know that, like, I love collecting these things. And, like, I've learned so much from it. Um, but really, you know, the thing, the thing about me that, you know, coaches, you know, will hope to find is that, um, you know, you reach out, you ask me like, Hey, you got this. I, it, it depends on what it is. I may ask for like, if you got any film in return or anything, but most of the time I'm just, I'm just, I just drop the link 
to whatever it is. And just like, here, take it, you know, um, you know, I, I want coaches to learn like I did because the only way I learned what I learned, I learned on my own. Like there, there's been coaches who have been blessed to have coach, other coaches teach them stuff or things like that. But like, I, I honestly, for most of what I did, you know, uh, learning as I grew to know what I know today was because I just had coaches send me stuff. And I mean, that's one of the greatest things about like our new technology today is coaches, you know, they send me film, they would send me their resources. Some coaches sent me their personal playbooks, like awesome guys that would just like, Hey, I want to learn this, you know? And they're like, here, I can, I can send you stuff. Um, I'll sit on the phone and talk with you, you know? So whenever coaches reach out and ask me like, Hey, you got this. I'm like, yeah. And I was like, take it, you know? Um, because I want coaches to be able to learn like I did, because I know a lot of coaches like handcuff their stuff because I, I get why, you know, but at the same time, it's, you know, I, I don't, I don't um, want to be the big dick in the world and, you know, coaches don't get to learn stuff, you know, so, uh, you know, but um, yeah, to answer your question, I don't, I just, <laughs> I just get lucky with a lot of stuff, you know, um, I, I honestly, I will just ask on boards and stuff like that. If I see a college team that I like, like I, on Twitter, I may just be like, okay, who's got, who's got this all 22, like who has this film, you know, some coaches will respond, you know, um, the team that like, believe it or not, that have been really diving into, um, more than I have probably in all, all off season is freaking uh, Buffalo university from last year. And I've been diving in their stuff and I had a coach send me, you know, some film and stuff and I have their whole 20, uh, 2018 season. So, you know, you, honestly, that, that's why it's the biggest thing to me. It's like, you never know when you'll find film that like helps you find the interest that you want to do. Like I, I never thought in my wildest dream that I get someone to Buffalo, you know, university, but you know, just because I had the film and dove into it, you know, I started finding things that I like. So, you know, if coaches, you know, they if you know there's it's hard the smaller schools are hard to find but you know um usually coaches reach out to me i'm just like if, if i got it you know i'll usually send it to them so what you're saying is when i'm done here i need to make a list and send it to them. <laughs> hey man if dude if you want i mean i i don't have everything in the world but absolutely man like i mean i know right now especially you in illinois coaches just want to study stuff and you never know what you'll find you know, there may be that one or two plays or variations of power GT that you see on film and, you know, you want to implement that, you know, in a simple version that you can. Uh, but, I mean, film is everything. Like, like college, college film is the biggest thing to study. And I don't get enough in the NFL because NFL guys do too much. Not, you know, not in a bad sense. They just can. But I just don't watch it too much just because it's just it's too much for my eyes. But I love watching college offenses because there are a lot of guys who simplify their stuff. Yeah, um... Because I was, I don't know, I don't know what the word was. Like when this happened in Illinois back in March, I was like, there's no way this goes on for as long as it has. Mm -hmm. And so I did look at stuff this summer, but I did have more time on my hands, but it wasn't like all 22 film. It was like, I want to find drills. I want to do this. Um, we were up in the air. Like I was supposed to go to a different school. I was on pause. I didn't know what was going on. Mm -hmm. uh, and then back in like July, I said, screw it. I need some film. I got my hands on some film and then I started to see people have all this film I'm like how do they get this see you're lucky I posted on Twitter nobody bats an eye at me like oh screw this guy <laughs> yeah he doesn't know nothing mm -hmm. uh, but then like some people want me to pay 50 bucks for it or whatever I'm like uh mm -hmm. no that's not yeah. happening so yeah I don't worry I'll make a Christmas list for you and you're good <laughs> well then I'm afraid to ask coaches because I'm like 
looking like an ass like hey do you have mm -hmm. this no leave me alone like <laughs> um, yeah i mean some some coaches are nicer with it than others uh, but that's why i try to just like you know not that I, I give away everything there are some things that like a coach has given me and you know i just can't share which mm -hmm. you know understandable but there are some things where it's just like i'm able to share it if i'm able to share it man i i, I will i will share it you know because i know coaches have you know um some there's a lot of stubborn coaches out there so um but yeah, I, I I guess I try to be the film Santa sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll just keep talking. Like, I know some teams already in college football that have started. I think you posted and I commented on it. Like, Coastal Carolina. Mm -hmm. I want mm -hmm. some of that Coastal Carolina stuff. Yeah, me like, too. Like, good Lord. Like, you get the option and the wing stuff involved with this passing stuff that they can do. But they mm -hmm. run the ball first. Good Lord, if you get that, I might give you 10 bucks for it. Because <laughs> <laughs> that – but I felt bad for Kansas. I'm a Brent Deerman guy. I love Brent Deerman. Yeah. He just doesn't have the horses right now. Uh, but who else have you decided to study uh, or try to look at from this college football season? I know it's short so far, but mm -hmm. is there a team so, that's sticking out to you? And you're like, I got to look at them. <laughs> so what's funny is, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of weird because like I, I will watch bigger schools and stuff, but like, I, I love looking at like the smaller schools because, you know, some small schools don't, like – it's not that they keep it super simple, but their offenses sometimes are just, like, they look purer than the bigger schools, you know, um, because I wouldn't say they dumb it down, but they I, I just – I don't know why. I just – I get more fascinated because the smaller schools do things that are just so out of the ordinary that the, the Power 5 schools would do. So, like, I keep my eye on them. Um, so, like, the, the kind of the identity that I started going off of was that, like, uh, any team – like, so from like 2019, uh, the film that I was watching that I started doing was like any team that ran the ball 60% or more, that's what I dove into. Sometimes it, I didn't stick to it for long just because, you know, they, they weren't exactly what I was looking for, but that was kind of what I dove into. So it's kind of the same thing for this season. You know, I, if they did that, you know, same coaches have and stuff, most of the time they'll do that. Some of the teams that were intriguing to me when just, because I've just been keeping my eyes on, you know, these teams when they pop up, um, you know, uh, on, you know, live TV and stuff like that. Um, like one team right now that's playing is a UTSA. UTSA was doing some interesting stuff. So like, I, I've been keeping my eye on them. Uh, Georgia state was doing some really cool things, uh, last weekend against Louisiana Lafayette. Uh, Louisiana Lafayette has a pretty cool offense as well. Uh, so like, I mean, just those small programs. And then I'm looking forward to like, you know, um, I just want to see Mississippi state, of course, with Mike Leach and see, because, you know, I've, heard rumors uh on talk that like they still have some tight ends so he's gonna fit that into his offense so i'll be interested to see how that goes um and then i i've been really also wanting to dive into kentucky because kentucky man they they're without lynn uh because i thought this was interesting without lynn bowden jr in 2018 they were 65 percent run and then with lynn bowden jr they were 69 percent run so i was like well, shit i gotta dive into that because mm -hmm. you know a team that's always in the gun and running that much i was like you know, and then just looking at their film, just the stuff they're doing, it's like, it's incredible. To just, you know, the, the amount of eye candy and gap schemes they do, it's pretty cool. Um, so just, you know, those, those teams, um, I, I was also told by a coach to check out Miami um, because, you know, I, I was seeing what Miami was doing against Louisville and just the quarterback run game is just phenomenal. Um, so just, you know, just any team that's just like prompt, promptly gun, but they still like to pound the rock. 
So that that's kind of what um, I've been looking at for the most part. And then just, um, you know, I got to get filmed to look at passing comp sets better. But like usually by live TV, I can see stuff by the naked eye of just good ideas for like um, run game and stuff like that. So at least that's the, uh, this year, that's what I'm looking into. Yeah, I, I heard the thing about Mississippi State and I got, mm-hmm. my hand, I got my hands on some of the old Texas tech film when he was there. He did some mm-hmm. of that stuff back then too. He had his H back back there, like a sniffer. Mm-hmm. He had his tight end. Uh, so I think he might start going back to that stuff instead mm-hmm. of his Washington State stuff. Washington State, I think, is what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. But it, but he used to do that Texas Tech and 10 straight bowl games. I mean, you can't argue with it. Uh, I'm excited. They have a good quarterback from Stanford. I think they're going to be okay. I think once yeah. they pick up his offense, I think they're going to be fine. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'll start to wrap it up. I've kept you a long time, longer than what I mm-hmm. thought it was. Um, so do you have like a favorite – do you have a favorite college team then, or is it just – I'm going to watch everybody like me. Unfortunately, I grew up 25 minutes from the university of Illinois. So <laughs> I, I kind of root for them. Oh, man. Yeah. Unfortunately, Flubby Smith, but I have to root yeah. for, I have to root for Illinois, but it's my sad story. Um, for me, it was, you know, I, I just, again, like I, I'm a nurse, so like I just keep my eye on all these different teams and offense and stuff, but and like I, I have a like I just have a soft spot for all smaller schools. Like I love I love Group of Five football. You know, uh, I just have you know a uh, soft spot for like underdog uh, schools and stuff like that. So I love watching them. Um, but my dad, he went to Texas Tech University, um, so he just that just kind of became our school was Texas Tech. The biggest Texas Tech hasn't had like a ton of success in football, uh, but I love Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, he's already doing great stuff uh, with the Cardinals. Um, so, you know, and then, of course, you know, I I was talking about Patrick Mahomes since, you know, he was a junior in high school. <laughs> and now, you know, best quarterback in the NFL right now. So um, that, was, that was really cool to see him come out of tech, you know, just because that, that's such an um, unnormal school for people to come out of. And then, you know, probably the, the biggest thing we've come to championship-wise was uh, I think it's been – I think it's been two years now. Um, not this year, but the past year, where Texas Tech's men's basketball was in the national championship in Virginia, you know, lost, but that was, you know, the closest we've can, uh, Texas come. So, as far as just like a fan of a school, uh, probably just Texas Tech. Um, and then, like, I, I, I got a couple other small ones, but other than that, it, yeah, it's, it's Tech for the most part, just because that's where my dad went. And it, most of the teams that, you know, he, uh, he, the school that he went to were the teams that he ended up loving. He, uh, drew it on us like you know i'm a dallas cowboys fan love the san antonio spurs but get this you know you're an illinois guy um i'm a huge white Sox fan love the white oh, Sox. you just uh, keep cursing on here <laughs> that stuff out of uh, Wing T, white Sox. Fan, man. Dang it. <laughs> um we'll hey, get man, to that here to, we'll get to that here in a second now now we got, we got another <laughs> oh, go uh, ahead but yeah no it's to answer your question, though, it's just, you know, um, just where my, my dad went to school and stuff like that. Um, I watched Texas Tech when Mike Leach was there, and then that whole thing happened with him. I was like, nope, I'm never watching him again. Yeah. Uh, then Kingsbury got there, and, like, I can't – I don't know. I like him. I just didn't know if he should have been the head coach mm-hmm. of the Cardinals right away. Like, I didn't like that hire, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, now I, on this podcast, I'm starting to do, like – 
I want to start like a show. Like I do like college football recaps Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I kind of want to try to do an NFL one. And I said in the NFL, I said, I feel like the Cardinals just said, screw it. We're going to open it up. Mm-hmm. Nobody, ex- nobody expects anything from us. And he's just letting it rip. Like what? They, they ran up in a wing T formation. Like I think they just kind of said, screw it. We're going to mm-hmm. do everything we can. And Kyle Murray doesn't get enough respect. Mm-hmm. I think he's a good leader. I think he's smart. So Kingsbury, though, I don't know. I like him and I don't. Mm-hmm. I like his offense, but I just I think the only thing I don't like is that he got an NFL job when he didn't do anything at Tech. Like it's the curse of Mike Leach. Like when Mike Leach left, they just could not do anything. Yeah. Besides when Mahomes was there. I went back and watched that Mahomes or the Texas Tech Oklahoma game where they just kept scoring. Mm-hmm. That's, <laughs> That's a, a great one to watch. watch. That's a great one to watch. Yeah. Um so if you have Eastern Illinois film when Jimmy G was there, let me know. I was there for that. If you have that, send it my way. Um, that was my other thought. I think I might, actually, <laughs> to be honest with you. I might have to look that up. I think I might. I helped but out their sure. I held up I helped their spring ball one year. Okay. Because I'm older than Jimmy G. So they were mm-hmm. it was his I can't remember if it was junior or senior year. I think it was his senior year, maybe, or his junior year, and I'm a year older, but I'm two mm-hmm. years older or something. Uh I'm setting up their I'm setting up practice. It's like 60 degrees now in Illinois. 60 degrees. We're in shorts and t-shirt or, you know, long sleeve shirt and shorts. Here comes Dino Babers in like a hoodie, a parka, a top, a cap, gloves. Because he's like, I'm from Hawaii and Texas. Like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. And the way they practice, he has a stopwatch. When they're on offense, he keeps track, and they want that ball snapped 10 to 12 seconds. He's like, we gotta go. And he could hardly hit the button because his gloves were so thick because mm-hmm. he was that cold. And to some people, that's not funny, but you had to have seen it. It was fat man in a little coat. Like, he was just walking out wobbling like this. And it was just <laughs> – Yeah. Why the White Sox? We're going back to that. <laughs> um, I, am, I am a Cubs fan, so. Well, I will say that they've been playing – they haven't been playing great this past week. But, I mean, the first playoff appearance in 12 years – um, which is great, but I don't, I don't know what happened with it, but like my dad, you know, we grew up in Texas, so he just, he didn't really have a thing for the Astros or Rangers. Um, and I think he became just such a fan because a movie came out, um, uh, I forget what it's called, but a movie came out about the scandal about the Black Sox back. I think it was like the, the 1906 world series where they threw it. Um, and, um, and then, of course, that field of dreams, that's, that's what that story is based on for the most part is, you know, uh, the Black Sox scandal. Um, and he just, I, he just really fell in love with that. And so, you know, I, I was a kid, so I was like, oh, well, I love the White Sox too. Um, and, you know, we just grew up big White Sox fans. And it was, for the past 12 years, it has been the same old, same old. <laughs> um, <laughs> Not making the playoffs, nothing like that. 2008, they, I think they made it. I remember they lost the divisional series to the Rays, so that was still disappointing. But last time they won the World Series was in 2005. They uh, they sw- they swept Astros. So being in Texas, I was like kind of funny because <laughs> everyone I, everyone I knew was an Astros fan. So that was uh, that was funny. Uh, but it's it, it it's interesting to be like um, a fan of all these Texas teams and baseball is you know. Baseball is not a huge sport for me. I've, I mean, I've been watching a lot this year just because the White Sox are decent. Um, 
but you know, it's it's just the way I was raised, man. As simple as that. <laughs> I couldn't tell you more. Well, I was gonna say, as Cubs fans, I've not had it easy either. It's it was rough until 2016. It was mm-hmm. pretty rough to be a Cubs fan. Uh, well, I didn't I didn't grow up in Chicago. I grew up in Central Illinois, so mm. this so I'm a Cubs fan because my parents are Cubs fans, so it's the same thing. Uh, but I moved up to the suburbs a couple years ago, and the rivalry is real. You don't want to mm. be in the wrong part of town with your Cubs stuff on. It's, yeah. But it's almost worse than St. Louis because St. Louis oh, yeah. and, and Cubs is worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just had to ask that. So um, you're also a Dallas Cowboys fan. My dad is a Dallas Cowboys fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if I'm a fan. I have a T-shirt in the closet, Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> yeah. Um, so don't take offense to this. I talked to Coach Kurt Hines yesterday. He's a big Cowboys fan too. Mm-hmm. And I said, growing up and when I was younger, I compare Dallas Cowboys fans to LeBron James fans. I don't like LeBron James. So if you do, that's fine. I just don't. Yeah. And I might be older than you. I don't know. I'm going to be 30. So I might be older than some. Mm-hmm. LeBron James fans were so annoying when I was going through high school and growing up. Cowboys fans were the same. But the older I've gotten, I said this. I guarantee you, people that hate the Cowboys have it on their TV. I guarantee you, people that hate Notre Dame have Notre Dame on their TV. Mm-hmm. So I started to watch Notre Dame more. I started to watch Cowboys. So I'm going to say that Cowboys are probably my third NFL team. I've grown accustomed, like fond of the Cowboys. Mm. What did you think of that game, that onside kick and all that? Oh, dude, that was such a lucky win. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my gosh. I, I just – it was just the Falcons being the Falcons, man. Like, I, I honestly – that first quarter, that was some of the worst football I ever sat down and watched in my life. Like, it was, like, four straight – four or five straight turnovers. Like, it was awful. And I was just like, they're going to they're gonna kick our ass. Like, easy said none. <laughs> like, it's it, – it's just, you know, it, it – um. I don't know. I, I, I didn't know what to think about it. We played the Seahawks this week, and we're going to get our butts kicked in that game too. And, um, you know, I the thing I would – what's funny is when people ask me what my favorite team is or if they ask me, like, are you a Cowboys fan? I'm just like, yeah, unfortunately I'm a Cowboys fan. Like, <laughs> I – it's it's a love-hate thing. It's just I – you know, I know what to expect. I'm not one of those typical Cowboys fans where it's like, oh, this is our year we're going to win the Super Bowl. It's, you know, because every freaking Cowboys fan is like that. But – I just ex- I just know what to expect. Like I'm always disappointed, so it's just like I still get excited, I still get overworked about it, and I'm just like I always get more frustrated than anything because it's like it's the guy named Cowboys. Yeah, I'm a Bears fan, so I again kind of Cubs. I'm a Bears fan, and I got to deal with the big Trubisky at quarterback. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I, I called for Nick Foles at halftime at the lot when they played the Lions. I was calling for Nick Foles to come in. And then Cam Newton's playing lights out. I said, we had the opportunity to sign him, and we just, mm-hmm. you know, shit the bed is what I call it. We just – we just, uh, uh, no, I said, I think it's time for the Cowboys to win. They just need to at some yeah. point. Here's mm-hmm. the thing. They have these – they could. They could win the Super Bowl. They have the players. Everything is there. It just never works. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. So I'm going to root for them to win – uh, maybe they get it going now. Uh, they weren't supposed to win that game, mm-hmm. but maybe they have the confidence now. We're gonna find out. Yeah, if they uh, if they beat the Seahawks, we'll uh, we'll see. I'll I'll probably turn my uh, 
my trust around in them, but I just I'll have a ton of faith right now. Yeah, I'm the same with my Bears. We should not be two and zero, but they're like, oh, Trubisky and this, this, and this. Old Mitch. And I'm like, ah. We went twelve and four in 2018. I said that was the worst thing that could happen with Matt Nagy. <laughs> yeah. Because that that doink with the Eagles still keeps me up at night. Mm-hmm. And then we had these big high expectations last year, and there was eight men in the box, and Trubisky still ran the ball. I'm like, could you not audible to a pass play? <laughs> And that's what pisses me off with him. Yeah. And yeah, you too. Uh, well, Coach, that's all I had. Um, I appreciate you coming on. We'll have to get you back on and talk five wide at some point. <laughs> yes, uh, sir. I'm writing down my Christmas list as we speak. Because uh, <laughs> in Illinois, we're not going to play till our first practice is February 15th. Um, and our first game could be March 5th. Uh, so up here in Illinois, that's snow in February. Mm. And I know it's Texas. You don't really get snow. One of my best friends lives in Texas and his, wife, his wife has never seen snow until they went to Colorado for mm-hmm. vacation. And that was the first time she ever saw snow. Uh, so we'll see what there's rallies going on in Illinois right now to try to get football back in October. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. Our governor is not listening. It's a dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. We have the lowest positivity rate in the Midwest by a long shot. So, uh, but don't worry, I make my Christmas list. I have plenty of time to watch some film to get better because yeah. we're not going to play for months. Mm-hmm. So don't worry. Uh, my birthday's coming up soon too, so you can give me some. <laughs> sure Sounds good, Coach. Well, Coach, I appreciate you coming on. I took a lot of your time. We'll have to play some Madden at some point again when I try my Xbox at some point. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, sir. So, guys out there, thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.